0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Rob and E back on another episode of Pillow Talk. As always, I like to shout out every and anybody who ever shares, listens, turns on my stuff, much gratitude and much appreciation. The support has been great. Um, if you're not already, follow me on social media, Twitter e93 robin and on instagram at robin e93 i recently got some new followers on instagram so shout out to y'all for following me i definitely appreciate that also shout out to culture flea apparel the hottest urban gear killing the streets right now make sure you guys check them out at cultureflea.bigcartel.com that's culture flea with two e's big definitely hot how y'all feeling i am feeling great um, tired, but we here. We here. Um, bringing you Blacklist Episode 2. So every week I kind of want to do a cap on news that's big in black culture right now. And I think it's important for us to reflect on what's going on in our culture because we're so polluted with celebrity lives and looking on the internet about things that really don't pertain to what's actually happening in our real world. Today I'm definitely going to get a little more serious than usual and it's only because there's been a lot of little things I think that have uh, surfaced recently that people really aren't paying too much attention to but are aware that's happening. Of course we have the Louisiana black church fires which was a sign of terrorism if you must say so. So I want to talk about that and then the kind of idea of white terrorism that's kind of resurfaced again in America. And then the ACLU uh, issuing a Florida travel warning uh, for black, brown people, and Latino people. This is something that's been kind of hushed under the rug. So we want to definitely get into that. And then lastly, the sudden spotlight on the reparations to black, uh, blacks for slavery. So it's a lot. It's a lot that's been going on in the past couple of weeks in black culture. And things are starting to come to a head, um, especially for the reparations. So I'm excited to get into that. In the last two weeks, um, three black churches burned in southern Louisiana. Um, All three, I believe, were on March 26th on a Thursday. Um, There was a fourth fire uh, that happened on that following Sunday, but officials said they couldn't uh, identify whether or not that was connected to the other three fires. Again, um, another black monument, you know, deteriorated and taken down by somebody who is just evil, is hell. I followed the story, and I kind of sensed how the media, you know, initially wanted to sweep it under the rug, but since it had been three churches in the area, this was something the media could not uh, ignore. They would use, like, suspicious and common patterns and descriptions whenever they were describing the story, but they wouldn't really give into detail. And that kind of let me know that they knew um, a little more than they were detailing, which is always the case, Anytime they're investigating some shit, they always find our evidence and they don't tell us until somebody leaks the shit out. That's how the the media works. They want to hold all the good tidbits until the very end or until somebody else lets the cat out the bag. They did get the suspect, um, Holden Matthews, white, uh, 21 years old. And he is a son of uh, law enforcement. (laughs) Oh, man. That's funny. You see how they do us? You see how they can just do shit like that and feel like because they're connected to enforcement that they're able to just live life or not fear the consequences truly because, of course, they're going to try to use mental illness, which in this case, they tried to say he was influenced by black metal music. (laughs) I wish a nigga could commit a crime. And go into the courtroom and say that DMX or Chief Keith made him do that shit. Made him shoot up the club. I wish it was that simple, y'all. But this is the type of reasoning that white people use for doing crimes like this. This is a hate crime. Any Any way you dissect it, anybody with any moral conscience would be able to see that this is a hate crime. He's also had a history of arson and racial antics like what the fuck (laughs) what what (laughs) but of course him having the law on his side and him having white privilege on his side he's going to use mental illness as a way to cop out or to get um you know a smaller sentence white terrorism is an idea um that i I think we talk about briefly but do y'all really understand what that shit is it's you know, this thought process of the majority, which is white, wrecking havoc on the people they are surrounded by, which is all minorities. We've all been dragged over here. But it's funny that there's always these images painting of Eastern or brown skin, you know, people being terrorists. But studies actually show that white supremacist groups carry out more violent attacks than any other domestic extremist group in the last 16 years. 49 homicides and 26 known attacks by white supremacist groups were have been documented by the fucking FBI. So aside from the bombings, aside from these, you know, incidences where, um, you know, People attempt to carry packages, the Boston bombing. Aside from these things, the majority of terrorism that happens in America comes from white terrorists. (laughs) You know, um, it's sad. It's sad to promote um, a free land and free America when you're... Subjected to the possibility of being, you know, uh, mistreated and abused still in this modern day, you know, by the majority. It's real. And every time the white mass does an attack to the black person, that is a form of that hate crime. That is something rooted in our history especially when it's something you know done by no connection prior to other than the fact that they're white and they're black this guy um had no connection to these churches there's nobody that he knows that goes there he doesn't live around the churches what You know what I'm saying? This was a planned attack. This was something that was premeditated. And the fact that he felt comfortable enough to say that the music made him do that shit just lets you know how comfortable white terrorism is in America. Trump is only resurfacing something that's already been rooted in our history. And now that he's president and he's promoting this type of white power, which initially, in a sense, is kind of like a white terrorism thing. It's only, you know, giving people who have already these bad thoughts more ammo to just go out here and do shit like that. God forbid somebody died in those fires, like the fires in the past. I mean, it's just like, you know, (laughs) They can just do shit like this, and, and no real repercussions real are going to happen. So he's been arrested, and they've only charged him with, what, uh, simple arson. Like I said, he hasn't even got charged with a hate crime, um, malicious intent, or any of the other things that really go along with shit like that. Because, again, if he was a nigga, they would hit him with all types of shit. But um, it's sad. It's a sad situation. There was also a social justice center that was in Tennessee that also was set on fire. And there was a white symbol power that was found uh, spray-painted on the main office door. And then this happened on April 2nd. So not even a month after the previous bombings, um, this was also uh, a bombing that happened. (sighs) There's no way, you know, to say this isn't connected or this isn't another... Sign from that white terrorism and that white supremacy. It's bad enough that you're taking our buildings and we're not going to be able to do anything about it and we have to start over again from the bottom. These churches have to be built again from the bottom. But you're going to spray paint this white power shit on the door too? You were proud to burn that building. The Social Justice Center um, was dominant because a lot of civil rights leaders had spoken there. Uh, throughout the years so again (laughs) there's a bigger picture behind it the church is one thing but you chose to go out your way to bomb a social justice center that's known for historical events that have happened uh, to prove a point to the black community to take away a monarch building for us if that's not a form of terrorism i don't really know what would be another factor There's also the massacre of, um, you know, 50 children and adults that happened in New Zealand. um, And that was predominantly of Muslim victims killed by um, Harrison Tarrant, uh, a white man. And I mean, it has his identity hasn't been released um, for the sake of his safety. In pictures of him in the court, they've blurred his face out. But I'm I'm almost 99.9% that he's white. And um, he displayed the white symbol power while he was being arraigned in court. Wow. These attacks, you know, were fueled with hate. You know, victims were ranging from men to women to children. People were shot multiple times. I mean, damn. You know, this is some scary shit. And it just, again, shows how white supremacy is so strong and it's making such a hard comeback in the most nastiest way. The FBI profiles people of interest who display terrorist-like activities. You know, all of these prerequisites made, but obviously there is a set you know criteria that they only hone in on. You know, turning the blind eye due to the white privilege elements and assuming that they wouldn't do some shit like that. But they would. A terrorist has nothing to do with the color of his skin, nor where he is from. It is about the actions and the intent that they do whenever they implement a terrorist act. This man killed 50 innocent people that he did not know, that was not connected to, had no incidences with. I mean, damn, that's a lot of people to just go out your way to kill. Multiple times. This is hate-fueled just evil shit. I'm so sick of the injustices, you know, that, that take over in America. But all of these crimes that have happened, you know, back to back to back like this by a white man. And we're going to see, again, how the justice system flags these these crimes and finds a way to go around the loop. Finds a way to underlyingly justify what was done. Because, again, God forbid a nigga go to California or Britain, Great Britain or Amsterdam, okay, and shoot up a cafe or shoot up a park of people. They fuck around and would have killed them there. They probably wouldn't have went out of their way to to capture this man, you know, but it's just little incidences like that. Anytime a person does a malicious crime of that magnitude as a black or minority, they are always mistreated to the fullest extent. They don't really care about bringing them in alive, really. Unless it's super, something super high profile. But usually, they beat the fuck up or maybe killed in pursuit. But these white men come in, scratch free, no bumps, no bruises, and they're put up. It's just really, it's just really sad. Change your past views, you know, on what it means to be a terrorist and what it actually is a terrorist. You know, as it is no longer you know, Middle Eastern or minority profiling, but rather the white, you know, blue, brown-eyed, you know, skin-next-door neighbor that we inhabit due to the fact that they have more access to us. I think that these were acts of, you know, white terrorism in the most simplest sense. And I think that we need to examine uh, these instances more and make sure that the public doesn't forget about what happened. Moving on. So the ACLU traveling ban. This was something that caught my eye a while ago i had saw an article about it a while ago um by the way anything that i quote is from cnn and time i love them they're great at giving the facts from all sides points of views and they're great on updating stuff so if you ain't got a cnn app or you know the time app get that get that but um basically this was uh a bill that could possibly go in effect that would take place in Florida. Um, civil rights leaders and immigrants um, and just people that live in the area were actually telling more people about it. I haven't seen anything major about this in the news for a while. Recently, it started coming up more, but this is something that was actually like brought up initially like a couple months ago. <laughs> it's really crazy to think we're living in a whole new time zone and that there's still shit like this that's, that's being okayed by our fucking government like what the fuck so if passed bill sb 168 and hb 527 or the anti-sanctuary bills would require local governments to enforce federal immigration law and then the cities would include fort lauderdale west palm beach key west all predominantly black or other populated areas nine other states Okay, nine other states, including Tennessee and Missouri, have already passed this bill. And then this was proposed um by Senator Joe Gruders Grutters. So basically, this bill would allow racial profiling. Okay? This would allow an officer to stop you due to the fact that you look like you don't belong here. <laughs> That's really fucked up, but but it, but in a nutshell, that's essentially what it is. Are you are you getting what I'm saying? So this INA ban, um, it was been unlawfully passed, you know, based on religious pretense and the idea of possible detrimental uh, issues happening in America. The Supreme Court, okay, the Supreme Court passed this racist ass law on the idea that immigrants could cause um, harm if allowed into America. Again, what is your definition of a terrorist? (laughs) Like, you're saying that you're going to prohibit a person from entering America or you're going to stop them on the street, stop them in the store, Um, demand that they give you their identification, demand that they give you some type of proof showing that they're legal. The No Ban Act, um, if passed, would prohibit racial profiling. So this is something that is going into effect that could possibly stop this. Um, So it would, you know, also eliminate any more of uh, this type of profiling or these types of bills to even be drafted and put into fucking motion. Um, This is important. You know, because blacks have endured the same type of injustices and profiling. You know, there was, of course, a point in time back in slavery when we had to have our papers out to show who our owner was whenever we were traveling or to show who we belonged to, to verify we weren't no free niggas. But the fact that this is something that was passed, the fact that this was something people want to implement is really fucked up. And it's taking a person's freedom, their personal right, their sense of security Uh, away from them, due to the way that they were born into this world, the shit is deep, you know? It's really, really fucking deep. This is America. (laughs) To top everything off, um, I don't really know how it can really, you know, be changed. I mean... The fact that nine other states have already passed it is just, uh, ridiculous to me, but the racist intent behind it is just, is just deep. So, um, it's just crazy. I'm just sitting here just thinking about it. Cause it's just like, it's a costly expense too at that. I mean, they would have to pay law enforcement extra, you know, to do an extra sweep, um, it's just too much. But the malicious intent is deeper than the surface. So the anti immigration movement was created by a white naturalist, uh <laughs> white terrorist. No, I'm just kidding. Um but the anti immigration movement was made like during like the nineteen seventies. Um, you know, basically The same pretense, not really allowing immigrants to come into America or uh, function in America to be deported. But this group called FAIR, uh, funded in 1979, believes strongly in, like, anti-immigration laws. Um, And it's one of the main supporters and, you know, like, backers for the travel ban. And in the Florida State Senate, Joe Gruters or Grutters, whatever the fuck his name is, that is implementing the bill, you know, is openly conversing with these people who are for anti-immigration in the first place. So it's just like, you know, not only, you know, are we aware of this racial divided culture, you know, we're trying to pass laws allowing the same racial divide, we're, you know, conversing with people uh that have all these racist malicious intent. I mean it's just really fucked up. But if passed, this is something that will go into effect into all of those cities in the Florida area. So if you don't know, I suggest you get acquainted. Especially if you're living in a Florida area and you are a person of brown-colored descent. If you look like you are a possible terrorist to the white man, which is pretty much everybody that ain't white, then you have a higher chance of being stopped and frisked and asked for proof of fucking citizenship in 2019. This is America. So let's get into the reparations. So um, lately, there's been like a spotlight on slave reparations, which really is something that's been going on since slavery was supposedly abolished. And uh, we need our 40 acres and a mule, period. Slave reparations have always been, you know, a hidden topic. But we never really knew how to address it, how to go about it, how to get everybody paid you know the uh the initial intent stems from the upcoming 2020 presidential election so a lot of uh politicians are promoting it again trying to draft the legislation for a slavery com- uh commission it's just been a hot topic right now and everybody's kind of using it right now to kind of get on with the with the election so i mean even though the intent is kind of shitty initially it's good to hear it being brought up again and to hear it um really being explained in depth and seeing what people are really trying to do or what they think um can be done. The transatlantic uh, slave, um slave trade, you know, and slavery was one of the most malicious crimes that ever happened in America. And it's hard to really define what's due after being, you know, endured like that for so long. So, um, you know, new proposals, um, which to include, you know, decades of legal segregation, discrimination against African-Americans in employment and housing and health, education. I mean, to pay it back initially in money, America would starve indefinitely (laughs) if all these reparations were to be set. So a bill was proposed from Senator Cory Booker which would aim at reviewing slavery um, and the discrimination and basically measuring how much uh, America profited from it and seeing how that can be magnified into money and how it can be distributed (laughs) amongst everybody in the world without America basically going into debt. So it's a thoughtful gesture, um, but it's really lacking purpose to me um, in honesty. How exactly can, again, you measure you know, or rank a rank of crime uh, such heinous as slave, slave trade. You know, how can you put a price on discrimination and mistreatment, you know, that debilitated an entire culture so profoundly that we are still affected by this shit decades later. Formulations uh, are relying on hours worked in addition to how much money the United States benefited. So they're trying to ma- uh, justify how long we were in the field and use that, on top of the some of the years of being mistreated and and somehow come up with money. So initially when they thought about this, there was like a ballpark figure that came up which was 97 trillion. 97 trillion fucking dollars. And that's in forms of minimum wage. So we were getting paid minimum wage for all those years of slavery, that's how much money uh, America basically made from us. Mind you, the 2018 fiscal year budget was 4.1 trillion. Other government officials um, only want to justify slavery from only the country's founding to the end of Civil War, taking that amount down to 5.9 trillion. So that still doesn't acknowledge the injustices that followed after that. So you see how tricky the situation can be? Um, Of course, there's reparations due. Of course, there's justice to be served. But how can you really measure something that happened for so fucking long? And there's no really magnitude about all of the injustices that were faced. You can't really pinpoint everything that went down. And who's to say we only worked eight hours? What about overtime? Okay, what about vacation? Okay, we never got to use none of that OT. (laughs) We never got to use none of that vacation time. I need that money back, too. I need that 40 acres and a mule and the farm and all that other shit. But realistically, who would even pay for these reparations considering the fact that America is broke? I mean, we must say, you know, whites have always had a subtle way of throwing their wealth, uh, especially when it's old money, you know. With deeds and slave narratives intact, um, wealthy families could be sued due to these injustices. This was one thing that was proposed, <laughs> which I thought was funny, is heal. Um, and they were saying, like, private businesses, of course, they would tax people that cost more money, the gratitude uh, graduated tax, and use that money. So basically just taking from the rich and giving to the poor, which is what the fuck the government should be doing any fucking way. But, um, you know people were stating of course we've created laws uh enabling protection to a degree. So of course if you were to go to these families in the South or to go to these wealthy, you know, dynasties that have paperwork and that have land that's rooted in slavery or profited from slavery, there's gonna be a fight. Obviously they're not gonna pay half of their shit just like that due to what their ancestors did, even though technically that is what's owed. So, I mean, these are just the injustices that we face right here, you know, in our own backyard. And I don't really know how um, it could really be, like, took it into place. You know what I'm saying? Like... I guess there's different ways, you know, reparations can be owed. Of course, like there's land and, um, I don't know, businesses and, you know, there's other ways. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's something that needs to be thought about and needs to really be implemented on. I hope that a lot of the politicians are trying to figure out uh, a real way to come up with some type of start. Um, It's a tricky situation because, again, how do you measure uh, oppression? How do you measure discrimination? What price uh, seems suitable for that? It doesn't really seem like there's one. But it is something that's old and it's something that's done, um, due for America, especially the fact that slaves and black people and Africans, um, you know, minorities, we help build the foundation. It's crazy. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. that's a lot. (laughs) So that's pretty much the main things that have been going on um, in black culture. You know, the church bombings are just another act of white terrorism, which has plagued us for decades. This travel ban, again, is another act stemming from white terrorism in the form of white supremacy, you know, white power. These comments on reparations are thoughtful, um, you know, and positive, but only mentioned due to the white or other electives using it. I don't really see any black electives in power ever mention reparations or how plans can be implemented. So it sucks that it takes a white man to open his mouth to get something started. But if that's going to be the way for us to get our foot in the door, then we got to take that. There's no... You know, there's no silver lining here. Um, As these are just more hurdles, you know, we must overcome. This is an announcement, you know, a view into America's struggle of being free while chained, promoting liberty while, you know, pursuing prejudice acts and claiming to be welcoming while banning those who fled here for freedom. Take this in, you know, and, and digest it, understand it. You know, what can you do to change your America or what can you do to implement new things? I think it's important that we sit back and realize what's going on and how it affects us. I'm just one person, but if I can influence another person and then they influence 10 more people and they influence 20 more people, you know, they are scared of us. They are fearful of what we can do because we are so damn resilient We have survived the test of time, and we have made it through slavery, and we are here. We are born for the fight, but it takes more than just one. It takes more than just 10. It takes more than just 20. Take a day, you know, to read about things that are going on in your community, things that are going on for your culture, and you'd be surprised at what you could do to change it or how you can influence someone else who may have not even known that that shit was going on. I'm not a racist. And I always have to throw that out there because I don't want anybody to think I'm a racist. Racist is somebody that doesn't like someone purely, sorely based on their race, on their ethnicity. I have no problem associating with the white person. I have no problem being around a white person. I like white people. Y'all cool. Don't get me wrong. But if you're not black, you can never understand what it means to be black. And you can never understand how it feels to understand injustices that have happened to minorities because of your history. This is America. As always, I like to end with the quote because I'm extra as hell. <laughs> Black power is giving power to people who have not had power to determine their own destiny. Huey Newton. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with me here on Blacklist Episode 2. This is Robin E. on Pillow Talk. Thank you so much for listening.